leaflets. Um, if you're not already on our mailing list, it's just I'm not someone who mails people every day or something like that, but just to keep people informed of when meetings are and different things, because we're doing meetings around different parts of the UK. Uh, we're getting things in the Northwest built in different regions. I'm, I'm working in the Midlands and we're getting a, things going across there. So, and, and, and there's other areas as well. So if you want to just stay in contact, uh, there's just some leaflets and flyers there that you can grab at the back. Amen. Hallelujah. I think let's just, let, let's get into some things in the word that's, that's on my heart. Hallelujah. And uh, we'll just take it, take it however. Take it wherever we need to go. I just, I really just believe what I was saying there a moment ago. I'm just going to put that next to you. Is that all right? Don't steal it now. <laughs> but um, I, I really, what I was saying there a moment ago, I just had that on my heart. It just kept coming back in my heart. We were born to walk in the glory. Born to walk. And that's what, that's what, that, that, that's that, we were, that new birth, that, that new creation is not just born to walk in get caught up in the natural and just look just like natural man and um but, but we need we need to learn how to step up higher and walk in the realm of god like his desire is for us too and he gives us examples in scripture he shows us i don't know about you um you know <laughs> how many of you have ever seen okay not the best illustration but the best one i can think of how many of you have ever looked at like an advert for like Burger King or McDonald's and you see this, the burgers look amazing on the advert, don't they? Like the lettuce is perfect, the tomatoes are perfect, and, and you're like, whoa, your mouth just starts drooling for this. Might, okay, it might not be McDonald's or Burger whatever, your favorite burger place, and your mouth is drooling for this. So you run in and you go and grab one, and the one that you get, it's clear that it's been sitting on the oven for three, you know, for three hours. It's gone a bit hot. Anyone ever bought them and it just doesn't look or taste anything like the advert? <laughs> That's what I think sometimes it is with, when you look in the Bible and, and God presents us with all these examples and he says these are the kind of people walking with God. They're walking, you know, all the things they're walking in and then, then someone says, yeah, yeah, but none of that's for us anymore. I look at that and I think that, that's kind of like a little bit different. It's like the advert is different to the reality. <laughs> is that how it's supposed to be? No. How many, of you, how many of you, if you buy a gadget, let's say you buy a, you know, a video camera or something, and, and, and you've seen it on the TV, and on the TV they tell you it does this, 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 and this, so you rush out and buy one because you want this, 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 and this, and then you get one and, it, and you try it, and it does none of what, what's advertised. And it's got this poor picture, and it's hardly, it doesn't even have any of the features. You'd look at that, and th you wouldn't sit there and think, yay, my new camera. You'd send it back and say, hold on, this doesn't do what you said it does. <laughs> well, is it Christianity supposed to do what he says it does? Look in the book, look at the examples he gives us. Yeah? And we're supposed to walk in that. And we're supposed to be vessels that are filled with the, the presence of God and the, the Spirit of God flow through us. But, but the, the enemy has convinced us and, and, and he's, he's managed to trap us in the carnal realm through various different means and reasons, but God's calling us higher. God's calling us to function in the heavenly places. 
See, not only are you seated with Christ in heavenly places, you're supposed to function in heavenly places. You're not just seated there, seated there for a nice cozy chair and then it has no meaning. How many of the Bible says we are seated with Christ in heavenly places? That's a lovely, oh, that's a nice truth. It's not just a cozy chair. You're seated in the heavenly places because we're supposed to function in the heavenly places. So, so someone said, someone said Ephesians 1 3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who's blessed us with all every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. I had someone say and said, Well, but we, that's all good and well, but I need them down here. Why are the blessings in all the heavenly places? And I had someone say to me, how do I get the blessing from the heavenly places into my life? And I said, I said, you got it all wrong. You're not supposed to get the blessing down from there to there. You're supposed to be functioning up there where they are. In the heavenly places. And they're supposed to be flowing in your life up there. Amen. But we were born to walk in the glory. We were born. And, that, and the Bible talks about there's going to be a day when the sons of God are revealed. But you see, it, that's not going to just happen because one day God looks at his clock and goes, oh, it's time to reveal the sons and daughters. And go, pooh, reveal the sons and daughters and the glory. It's not going to just happen because God suddenly decides one day to do it. It's going to happen because we rise up to the level and we respond to what his spirit's saying. And then his spirit said, come and walk, come and walk closer to me. And then we do. We respond and we walk closer to him. And his spirit says, come on to a higher level, come into another place. And we respond and we walk into that higher place. And his spirit leads us and directs us into the place we're functioning in that role. And we're walking in those things. And then we find as more and more of us begin to do that, then, then that, that scripture becomes fulfilled. It's not going to happen because the Spirit of God says, come up higher. And we go, yes, Lord, I'd really love to come up higher, but, you know, I've got this, this, and this to do. So I'm going to get on with my own business. But when you're ready, you just reveal the Spirit through us. <laughs> Look, that's not, that's not how it's going to happen. It's going to happen because we're responding and we're walking. And, 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 and when God says, come higher, we say, yes, we're coming higher. And, 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 and I believe he is saying that right now. I believe that call's going out. But it's not just a call for, that he said maybe six months ago that we're supposed to do for three weeks and then forget about it. He wants us to walk in a higher realm and walk in a higher place. And each one of us, how many of you want to do that? I believe you do. I believe God wants us to walk in that place. Now, let's go to John chapter 7. John chapter 7. Someone says, how long does this guy preach? I'm like, I don't know. It can be anywhere between 45 minutes and two hours, okay? <laughs> don't panic. I've only done two hours once. <laughs> but um, we just go with what's right and, 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 and receive what God is saying and what I believe the Spirit of God's put on my heart from His Word. John, John 7. Everybody there with us? John, John 7, verse 37. Uh, you might have heard this, this passage before. But um, how many of you know there's always good stuff to get out of the Word? Even if you know a passage well, you might never have heard this passage before. But either way, there's some good stuff to get out of it. John, John 7, on the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. 
did Jesus ever talk in terms of, of liquids? Water. Remember the woman with the issue, the, not the woman with the issue, but the woman by the well. Jesus talked about giving her water that she'll need, not need to drink again. Is, is there any connection in Scripture with, with, with water to spiritual things? There's quite a lot. And in fact, there's a lot we can learn. And there's reasons why God uses this illustration so much. But uh, let's keep going. He sticks on the theme of water in verse 38. He says, he who believes in me. Anyone here? That applies to? Anyone here believe in him? He who believes in me. What's going to happen? Uh, it says, as the scripture has said, out of his heart. Some, some translations say belly. Uh, it's others say heart. Out of his heart will flow. Out of his heart will flow. Sometimes I think it's only my translation that says that. Sometimes I think most Christians' translation says, in his belly will remain a stagnant pool of water. <laughs> That's not what it says, is it? Out of his heart, what will happen? Will flow rivers. Is this just talking natural things? Is this just talking natural things? It's not just talking natural things. If it was just natural, then the precursor at the start of saying, he who believes in me wouldn't be necessary. Anybody could do this. It's not just talking about natural people on the street there, if they don't know the Lord. This is something specific to those who believe in him. Amen? It's not just your natural ability that you have without Christ anyway. This starts with, it's applicable to those who believe in him. What's going to happen with those who believe in him? What does he say? Out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Uh, let's keep going. Verse 39. But this he spoke concerning the Spirit. Whom those believing in him would receive, for the Holy Spirit was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. So, verse 39, he tells us what he's talking about, doesn't he? Or the, or the, the writer tells us that these rivers of living water flowing out of the heart, uh, what, uh, what, what are they referring to? Come on, you've just read it in verse 39. This he, this he spoke concerning the Spirit. So, if the Bible tells you what it's talking about, do we need to try to figure out beyond that what we think it's talking about? Or is it clear? It's clear. We, we don't need to read into this any deeper, do we? See, sometimes people, they, they go so deep in Scripture, they go further than God intended. <laughs> if he tells you what he's talking about, then that's what he's talking about, and that's, we just leave it at that. We just say, well, that's what he's referring to. So these rivers, these rivers of living water, is this connected to the Holy Spirit in your life? Yeah? It is. Is there supposed to be a flow of the Spirit? Through some of us? Who's this written to? Is this just written to the apostles? Does it say only, only the senior leaders of the church? This will happen for, for. no. Who, who, who does he say it's for? He who believes in me. 
What's, what's going to happen? I know I'm being redundant, but we, we, we really want to see this. What's going to happen with he who believes in connection to the Spirit in their life? What's going to happen out of? What will happen out of his heart? Will flow rivers. Rivers. I think there's some things we need to get a hold of concerning the river of God and the rivers that are supposed to flow out of our lives and the flow of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to break down some of these terms in a moment and we're going to look at them. But there's some things concerning the flow of the Spirit that we need to, each of us as individuals need to step into a higher level in our lives. The Spirit is supposed to be flowing through all of us. Through all of us. Now, let's just, let me take two or three steps back and let's just look at this. You know, I was thinking about the river of God in Scripture. Well, in this Scripture, where does it say the river is coming from? You know, a river, a river flows from a source and usually to the ocean, yeah? Basic geography, yeah? Anyone do geography in school? A river, it goes from a source. The source is where the river begins. It's the starting point, and the river goes down and usually to the ocean or to a lake or something, doesn't it? So a river has a starting point. Now, the, what does this scripture tell us is the starting point of the river? Out of? Who? Whose heart? He who believes. Out of his heart, there's supposed to be a flow. It's supposed to be a that that flow of the spirit of God. When I was thinking about this, I was thinking about this this. Um, I know everyone's just looking at the phone ringing. Just give us a minute. <laughs> okay, I was thinking about this this, and I was looking up some other scripture. You know, um, Revelation twenty two. Let me. You, you don't have to turn to all of these. You can write this. You can write this down. Revelation twenty two verse one. This is kind of the end of the book. This is right at the end. Yeah. So it talks about and he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal. And it says, notice this phrase, proceeding from the throne of God. Where did that river come from? What's the source? What's the, where does that river start in Revelation 22? It starts in the throne of God. Well, I was looking at another scripture, Ezekiel 47. How many of you know that, that, um, that passage, many people know it, where Ezekiel had the vision of the river. And then he takes a little bit in, I think he goes ankle deep, and then he goes a little bit deeper and a little bit deeper. This is, this is Ezekiel 47. But Ezekiel 47, verse 1, it talks about this. This is this. He says, Then he brought me back to the door of the temple, and there was water. <clears throat> there was water. Notice this. Flowing from under the threshold of the temple. Where'd that river come from? <laughs> under the threshold of the temple. Well, I'll go with your summary. From the temple. That's kind of what I'm thinking as well. Is, is, there, is there a flow of the river of God that comes from his throne room? Now, is there a flow of the river of God that comes from the temple? Now, I don't want to go into all the eschatological side of things and whose temple, which temple, why temple. All I want to ask is this. Who's the temple now? We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. So when Jesus talks about out of his belly will flow rivers, that's, that's a river coming from the temple. 
See, from the presence of God, there's supposed to be a river. Are rivers beneficial in any way? I was thinking of Psalm 1. I I never really thought about this in this context. You know, it talks about, blessed is the man who does not sit in the seat of the council of the ungodly. I can't remember all of this. And it says, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. He shall be like a tree planted by by the rivers of water. And and then what does it tell you about that tree? He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water whose leaves shall not wither. See, I've never really thought about Psalm 1 in this context until I was preparing this message. But I began to think about something. He who dwells in this, uh, uh, that's Psalm 91. (laughs) He he delights in the law of the Lord. That's a good verse too. I was talking about that one the other day. He delights in the law of the Lord. What happens when you make the Lord your delight? And you make the word of the Lord your delight? And you connect yourself, do you, do you, put it this way, do you realize you connect yourself in? See, you're spending time in the Word is not just a dry activity. What are you doing? You're connecting yourself into the river. You're planting yourself as a tree by the river. And what happens to trees that are planted by the river? They begin to flourish. I don't know about you, you, know, you, you don't notice this as much in England because everything's green everywhere here. I remember, I come from, I'm from Africa originally. And I remember growing up as a child, you know, <laughs> it always amuses me. In this country, they talk about a drought if there hasn't been rain for three weeks. Where I come from, a drought is where there hasn't been rain for seven years. Okay? <laughs> and you've got rivers which were, used to be a mile wide or something or just dry. Nothing. That's a drought. So, but but, but I, I, I come from a place where, 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 where not everything's green all the time. And, you, you, you know, you, you, you find close to the ocean, you've got all the palm trees and all the lovely things. You go further inland, everything just gets browner and browner and browner and browner. And, and until eventually there's, there's, there's no real color in, in many of these. I think one of the first things I remember, even my parents said this when we moved to England. I was quite young, I was 12. But when we moved to this country, they always used to talk about, it's so green here. Everything's green. We just used to, we used to brown grass. Or semi-green grass, you know, just a little bit of green in the coloring. <laughs> okay? But you see, there's a big difference when something's planted in an environment where there's moisture and there's life. And you've got to make a decision if you're going to plant yourself close in to the river yourself. How do you do that? One of the ways to do it in Psalm 1, he says, he dwell, he, in, his, in his law, he delights day and night. He, you become like a tree planted right in the river. Right, and what's the river? What well, that river is connected to the things of the flow and the presence of God. Amen. But there is a river that comes from God's throne room, and, and that river is also supposed to proceed from the temple, where the temple, out of our hearts. There's supposed to be a flow. A flow. Now, uh, do you see in John 7, let's go back to that one in John 7. We've, we, we've already read the verse. We've already read these. But I, I, I want to I stir you up in some areas t- tonight. Good. Good to be stirred up, isn't it? Yeah, it's good to be stirred up. If it just stirs me up, that's okay. I'll get stirred up anyway. But I, I, hope, I wanted to stir up all of us. Okay? John 7, 38. Uh, he who believes in me, as the scripture said, out of his heart will 
flow rivers. Flow rivers. Just capture this for a moment. Capture, capture some of what this is talking about. First of all, let's talk about the word river. I've talked a little bit about it. But a river is moving water. Now notice moving water. It's not, it's not stationary water. That's not a river. That's a dam or a pond or a puddle, depending on how deep it is. Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to take, a, take a side journey. I'll come back to that point in just a moment. You know, how, how deep is the river of God? Well, we talked about ankle deep, knee deep. How deep is it? The depths are, 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 are as much as you want as women, basically. I think it's in the Psalms. There's a verse in the Psalms which says, the river, it's Psalm 65, verse 9, the river of God is full of water. How much of the water of God can you have? Do you know, do you know that he doesn't put a limit on how much you can have? He doesn't put a limit. He, 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 this, 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 is, this is one of the areas of Scripture that we, where humans have gotten muddled. Because he doesn't place many limitations on things. You know, the Bible says that we are given the, the, what you could call the down payment of our inheritance in Christ. And some, you know, it, it's what we'd call it a down payment is probably the best term to use. The down payment of our salvation. Now, I believe, I believe that there's some wonderful things to come even in eternity that we haven't stepped into. And the Bible talks about things that have not been revealed yet. But you know what? Uh, you, you know what? I was thinking one day, okay, the Bible says we've got a down payment, but how much is in the down payment? I began to wonder that. I began to search the scriptures and say, okay, what is, how much is in the down payment? And, and, and I, you know, there's always people who try to limit it and tell, well, this isn't in the down payment. This isn't in the down payment. This isn't in, you know, you can't have this now. You've got to wait for eternity for this. You can't have this now. <laughs> and I realized humans are the ones who try to limit the down payment. But I, as I began to look in scripture, I began to realize this. He tells us we've got the down payment, but he doesn't tell us the limits of our down payment. Although he does tell us this, that what we shall be has not yet been revealed. And I began to realize this, that, 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 that see, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. As you hear the word, it builds faith on, on the inside of you. So put it this way, the limits of your inheritance, the down payment is whatever you can have faith for based upon what's revealed. If it's revealed, you can build your faith for it and you can step into that part of your inheritance. That's why there's things he didn't reveal yet because if he revealed some things for the future, you'd be able to get faith for it and step into it. <laughs> so if it's revealed, it's in the down payment. How deep does that go? A lot deeper than many of us have. Put it that way. How deep does the river of God get? You, we, we, we can swim in and function in far more than we are. Many, many Christians are functioning on a lower level. We've got, to begin to, we've got to begin to realize, I am a temple of the Holy Spirit, and there is a river of, 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 the, of the Spirit of God inside of me that it's not supposed to be stationary. It's not a dam. It's not it. Now, there is a well that's for your benefit, but there's also a river, in fact, rivers. <laughs> it should be flowing out of your life. 
Problem is many people have blocked the rivers up. We're not seeing many rivers flowing. Let's be honest. A lot of the, the rivers are blocked up. I'll cover that in just a moment. But, but, but out of his heart will flow, flow, rivers. Now, both of these words are important because rivers is, is movement, isn't it? But what about flow? Flow. Flow. What's flowing all about? It's the same idea, isn't it? For a start, I looked up the word flow. I was, I was curious. I wondered what it, what it meant. In fact, let me find this because I'm nowhere near my definition of it, of having talked about different things. But I was, I was wondering, what, 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 what is that word flow? The word flow there, or it's either, anyway, the word flow means this, to move freely from one place to another in a steady, unbroken stream, unhindered, steady movement. That's the dictionary definition of the word flow. To move, to move freely from one place to another in steady, unbroken stream. That's a good definition. To move from one place to another in steady, unbroken stream. Or, or, or another part of the definition, unhindered, steady movement. That's what flow is. Flow. Unhindered movement. D does God want his flow to be unhindered? Does his flow get very hindered a lot of the time? Yeah? See, obstacles in the path block the flow. Now, this can happen in churches. It can happen in individual lives. And it's happened a lot in churches. S sometimes human beings want to control the flow. And put obstacles in the in the way of the flow. You see, we need to we as Christians need to become hungry again for the flow. We want the flow there. We don't want it blocked. We want that flow. To flow means to have free, unhindered movement. You know, the flesh blocks the flow. It can block the flow in our own lives. The flow of something. You know, how do you, how, do you block, how do you block the flow of a river? Well, if you put, you know, if you, depending on the size of the river, if you put some boulders and big, big stones in the way, big enough stones, and you put one stone in the way, it might not totally block the flow, it might hinder it. The river might be able to go round it a little bit, might just stop it a bit, but <clears throat> the, the river finds its way round, doesn't it? Because rivers want to flow. See, a, a, a river wants to flow, it wants to move. Spirit of God wants to flow. He wants to move. But you put, but you put one brick in the way, or not brick, but a bit boulder, and then you, what happens if you put two or three or four or five big, big, big stones in the way? And you, and you start to put more and more stones in the way. I'm, I'm not talking about pebbles. I'm talking about like, you know, big enough to compete with a river. What happens if you put enough obstacles in the way of a river? You can completely stop the flow. And then you've got, you've, now, now there's no, it's no longer unhindered free movement. Now it's blocked. And it can't flow where it wants to go. We see, remember what I said, rivers want to flow. What's going to happen when the Spirit of God wants to flow, but he's being blocked? He's going to start finding a place he can flow. He wants to. He wants to. He wants to. You've got to make up your own mind. Am I going to be a vessel he can flow through? 
Because where, where, where do the rivers come from? Out of? Out of me. Out of my heart. I'm the temple of the Holy Spirit. Now, I need to be connected into the throne room myself because ultimately that's where the river's coming from. But I want that flow of the Spirit through my life. He's become very blocked up in many lives. Many, many, many times people have, have put up all kinds of obstacles to the flow. Yeah, that even just refusing to yield to him becomes a blockage. People say God can do whatever he wants to do. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I know, no, it's, it's right. But, but let's play along. <laughs> People say, oh, God can do whatever he wants to do. How come he hasn't made you love your neighbor then? How come you are involved in that choice? God does whatever he wants to do. How come he hasn't forced you to forgive that person then? Has he ever made someone forgive someone else? And the person, and you, 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 no, no, Lord, I'm not forgiving. No, Lord, I'm going to hold on to my unforgiveness. I am holding on. Oh, God, you just took it away from me. Why, God? I really wanted to keep that unforgiveness. But God just does whatever he wants to do. Is that true? No. No. What's going to happen? If he wants to get you to forgive, what's going to happen? You have to yield. But you see, if you don't yield and you dig your heels in the ground and you become resistant and you become stationary and you won't move. Now, remember, he wants to do what? The river wants to flow. It wants to move. Now, if you become stationary and you refuse to move when he's trying to move, you become an obstacle to the flow. Said the river wants to go that way, and you don't want to go that way. And you decide, no, we're not going that way. Is God just going to force you to go that way? No. What's he looking for? He's looking for yielded vessels that flow with the river. So he's looking for vessels that become yielded in his hands. And some of it, some of it he trains us. See, some people have become highly yielded. And this is one of the big reasons God uses them more. People think, well, you know, oh, that God just used that person because God just decided he wanted to use them lots. It's not often like that. See, people say, oh, well, God just chose the Apostle Paul. Well, okay, yes, God chose him, but what if Paul, what if Paul refused? What if God said, I want you to, I want you to, you know, on Acts 13, send out Paul, Paul and Barnabas for the, was it Saul then? Saul and Barnabas still at that point, for the task that I've sent. What if Paul, Saul said, no, I want to, I want to stay here in Antioch. I like it. I ain't going nowhere. <laughs> Could that flow have happened through his life? So in order, in order for a river to flow where it wants to flow, it's got to be unhindered. But the more you hinder it, the more you become an obstacle, the more you put things in the way and you block the flow. Now where's the river trying to come from in your life? Out of my heart. 
out of my heart. See, what are the reasons so many... Oh, should I, sometimes, uh, sometimes I wonder if I should say some things. I don't, I don't care. I've I, you know, got no reputation. I've got nothing to lose anyway. I really don't care if they just turn the video off right there and say, I don't want to listen anymore. I don't like what he said. Because, because you know, whatever. One of the reasons some Christians are so dependent upon the river flowing through someone else's life is because their river's blocked up. I mean, that wasn't that offensive, was it? No, that wasn't too bad. I was, I was, but it's true. <laughs> I just suddenly thought that and I thought, maybe I should. But I'm not, you know, I'm going to say whatever I've got to say. I'm going to have the boldness to say whatever needs to be said. But you see, many Christians, the, 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 the river coming out of them is blocked. And we've got to fix this. We, 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 we've, become, we've become dependent upon enjoying the river flowing through someone else in the pulpit. It's great. I mean, it's wonderful. When someone's got a river flowing through them, my word, that, you, know, you want to go and connect up with that river. But, 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 but not just have your river blocked and then you just enjoy their river. What should be happening is you should be bringing your river to join with their river and it becomes a bigger river. That's, that's what happens when rivers join up. Join up, yeah? A lot of times, rivers start at the source. They're quite small in the natural. But as they go down, you have another river comes in, and it joins it. Now you've got two rivers. Now you've got a third river, and you've got a fourth river. Further down, mile down, another river joins, another river joins, another river joins. By the time it reaches the ocean, it's two miles wide or whatever. It's massive. How did it become so big? Just extra, extra things came in and connected in with that flow. But there's a flow in me. And I don't just mean in me. I'm saying me is in each one of us. There's a flow in you that's wanting to come out. But, but in order for that to do so, we've got to, we've got to get it unblocked a bit. Un unbelief blocks it, by the way. Unbelief blocks the flow. There's all kinds of things that block the flow. Constantly yielding to the flesh blocks the flow. Becomes a blockage to that flow of the river. And, and you see, we, we've reached a stage in the body of Christ. Uh, you know, there's another one I wonder if I should say. I'll say it, okay? I've, I believe we've reached a stage in the bo body of Christ where the rivers have become very clogged up. And there's, we, we've, there's not as much flow happening. And part, part, part of what God wants to happen right now and what needs to start happening is individuals need to start getting, getting the river unblocked in their own lives. Start getting that river unblocked. And if it, if it means stop yielding to some things, then we need to do so. If it, if it, means, if it means like the Apostle Paul said, I die daily. And, and, and he wasn't talking about a sin sacrifice there. He's not saying, I, Jesus paid the sin sacrifice. He's talking about things like a burnt offering, which was offered daily, which was an offering of consecration and dedication of himself, where he made a decision, I will serve the Lord today and I will not just yield to my flesh. He said, I'm going to put my body down. I beat my body. I beat my flesh. I offer myself as a living sacrifice. Because we didn't read this one, but, 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 but I read it to you. But, but let me read it to you again. In Revelation 22, Revelation 22 uh, was the one that I mentioned earlier when it, about the, the river proceeding from the throne of God. Let me read it to you. It says this, And he showed me a pure, 
river of water of life. Now notice this, clear as crystal. Clear as crystal. Notice it, it says it's a pure river, and it also says it's clear as crystal. Do you, do you think that's important, or do you think God just put extra words in because he felt he needed to reach his word limit for how many words he wanted in his book? And he's in the last chapter, and he needed to pad it out and add some more words because it had, wasn't quite on the word limit yet. <laughs> yeah, it's not how it went, is it? God does not put any unnecessary words in his word. And when he describes that river as pure and clear as crystal, how many, how many of you ever, have you ever seen a mountain spring? Most of us may be in photographs, but, but you know when you, when you go to a, a river close to its source, you get sometimes really pure water. Now, how many of you have ever seen a big, mighty river close to the ocean, like the Amazon or something like that? It's usually, it's not clear anymore, dirty, isn't it? Because it seems to lose that purity as the river flows. It picks up the dirt and, and, and the impurities in, into the river as well. And it's not so clear anymore. But see, this is what's happened in a lot of Christians' life. The, the river, the purity of the flow of the Spirit of God, one, it's becoming blocked. Two, it's becoming dirty and contaminated. It's not so clear anymore. And it's coming out the other side as a trickle, but a dirty trickle. That's not true. That's shocking. It's time to change this. It's, it's, it's time to come to the place where the river of God begins to flow in my life. And, and I'm not just teaching this tonight for a nice message because I, because I didn't know what to preach. <laughs> I'm preaching this tonight because I believe the Spirit of God, the Spirit of God wants to flow. Not just here tonight. He wants to flow more in our churches, in our nation, through believers. But why are we not seeing it much of it? Because it, the flow has become blocked up and clogged up. We need to get it. We, we need to begin to each of us individually before the Lord. This is, this is a big part of what's happening right now. Because like I said at the start of tonight's message, God's called us to operate in the glory realm. He's called us to operate in the glory but, but, but we, we've, become, we've become stuck in the mud, operating on a, on a much lower level, and, and it's just become, it's dirtying that river. The flow's not coming through us. I'm not saying this to condemn. I'm saying this to, to really stir us up, to come to the place where we begin to say, Father God, I want that flow of the Spirit of God to move through my life even more. The Holy Spirit. You put the Holy Spirit in my life for a reason. He's not, just, he's not just there for me to have a, a, a woohoo, nice, lovely time. <laughs> you know, again, I, I keep talking about these words flow and move because they're really important. See, the Holy Spirit, he's, he does not want to just be stagnant and stationary. I don't get that impression when I read about the Holy Spirit in Scripture. He's not a stationary spirit. He, he moves. And that's why the whole flow of the river is movement. He doesn't just say, the, like I said at the start, in your belly there will be a pool of stagnant water. 
See, now it makes a little bit more sense. I've, I've talked a bit of it's not even, he's not a stationary spirit. He wants a flow, a movement. There is a move of the spirit. There is a flow of the spirit that many of us are not tapping into or experiencing in our individual lives. And also many are not tapping into and experiencing in our churches. There's a flow that's become, that's not happening as much anymore. And it's missing. But he's wanting us to come to the place where his spirit can flow like that and move. And even on a higher level than we've walked in before. So he's saying, one of the things he's stirring with his people is to come to the place where that river can flow more in your life. And, to, and it can stay that clean, pure river that goes in on the one end and comes out on the other end. Pure, clean, and it begins to multiply. Because he wants that move, doesn't he? He wants that move. But, but if, we, if, if, if we don't respond, and if we don't, if we don't hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying, and we remain stationary when he wants to move, when a river is moving, anything stationary is an obstacle. This is what, just let that settle in. You know, even even a lot of times in our services, now this is why in our worship in these meetings, I want the I want us to come to the place where we flow more. We've become so used to a regimented one, two, three songs. You know, it's wonderful. What anyone, other groups can do whatever they want. I don't want to criticize, but in this environment, we just want to have the freedom and the flow. Okay, amen. So we get more used to that and get more used to that. But you know, even when the Spirit of God's moving in a meeting like this, and, and, and it's not all about feelings and different things. Sometimes people are looking for feelings, but you, you need to look to your heart and sense in your heart when the Spirit of God's going in a particular direction. But you know, even in meetings like this, many Christians don't know how to flow with the Spirit of God. You know, when the Spirit of God begins to move in a particular direction, <clears throat> what happens? People say, how do I, flow? have you ever had, well, how do I flow with the Spirit of God? Anyone ever heard that question? How can I flow with the Spirit of God? Well, for a start, don't stay stationary when he begins to move. <laughs> you ain't going to flow if you're sitting stationary. I'm not just talking physically sitting. But, you know, if the Spirit of God begins to move in, for example, singing in tongues. I say that there's an anointing present to sing in tongues. And everyone's singing in tongues. And you're going, oh, isn't that nice? Oh, look at them all singing in tongues. You ain't flowing. Because you aren't moving with the flow and where it's going. You're sitting doing something else. It's not, I'm not, this is instruction, not, not condemnation and criticism. If the Spirit of God is moving in a particular way, people say, how do I flow? Well, the first step is, go in the direction he's going. <laughs> people, say, people say, you know, if the Spirit of God's moving in joy and everyone's beginning to praise the Lord and there's a, there's a spirit of praise in the place and, and, and there's like a wave of, of excitement and hallelujah goes across the place and you're sitting there like, that's nice. 
Jy ein flowing. <laughs> you either go, you either not going with the, the the river or you're stationary. We're not just called to be observers. We're called to have a river flowing out of each one of us. What if the Spirit of God moves in consecration and people just start to get on their knees and begin to cry out on the Lord and, 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 and there's like a move of the Spirit of God in a place. People say, oh man, I would love to flow with the Spirit. How do I flow with the Spirit? Well, if everyone else is getting on their knees, get on your knees. That's, that's a good step to flow. <laughs> Go in the direction he's going in. Respond with the direction he's moving in. Rather than just not not responding. See, you, you, we, we, we've got the body of Christ in many places. Again, I'm not trying to criticize, but as a teacher, I'm just I'm trying to encourage and teach and help and instruct. And sometimes you've got to point some things out. But I think the body of Christ in many, many, many places have become spectators of the flow. We, we want to watch it all happening from the pulpit, but not get involved ourselves much. And it's why there's not as much flow happening in a lot of meetings. But we, we want to come back to that place. Was it just me? Any of you want to come back to that place? Because there's some amazing moves of the Spirit of God we can begin to experience if we will respond to His flow. Now, there's a flow of the Spirit of God that comes out of each of us as individuals, but there can be a flow in a meeting, a corporate flow. And the river of God can begin to move in, in waves in our services. But you know what? In many places, we're not seeing much of this. We hardly see that wave of the, of the, the Spirit, the river of God just flowing through an environment and spontaneous singing in tongues and worship or whatever, whatever, whatever it is. Do you realize that the Spirit of God has many different diverse flows? <clears throat> many different diverse flows. Sometimes he speaks some things and he wants to move in the prophetic. People, someone, someone says, I'd, I'd love to flow in the prophetic. How do I do that? <laughs> well, one of the things, not the only thing, but one is the things, when he begins to stir you to give some things, you got to respond. <laughs> you say, but I don't know the words. If you did, it wouldn't be the prophetic. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you just get a sentence. Sometimes just a word. Sometimes just a prompt. But if you don't respond to the prompt, you never get the rest of it. There's got to be a response. But, you know, there's other factors in the sense of we've got to learn to recognize what's from him and what's not and all these kind of things. There's other factors. I can't teach. I say to people, I can't teach it all in one go. And there's other factors like that. But, but part, of, part of tonight, what I want to stir people is, is, is that we need to become more responsive to the flow of the river and, 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 and clear out the obstacles that are blocking the flow. People say, yeah, no, no, I'm waiting for my church to do that. No, no, I'm not talking to your church. I'm talking to you. Don't wait for the next guy to clear the, blo clear the blockages and to get the river flowing. So you see, sometimes God's just God's looking for a person who will start to, to clear out the blockages and get the Spirit of God flowing in their lives. Many of the revivals in history didn't just happen because God chose someone randomly and said, I'm going to send a revival for them. It happened because those individuals became vessels God could flow through, put themselves in a position. 
He's all, you know, there's no one else in my church who's flowing with the Spirit of God. Then become the person flowing with the Spirit of God. Get in God's presence. This, this, is, this is so relevant to where we are right now because this, this, this is something that's got to happen is, is the Spirit of God is wanting each member of the body to get the river flowing, not, ju not, just, not, not just certain individuals. This isn't just about, you know, this is, we're not going to look back in 20 years and say, well, that was the revival that happened through that person. That's, we've had that. That's, we've, got, we've had the Finneys, the Wesley, all the... But, but this, this is, God wants to fill the body with his fullness and manifest through us, just like he said in Acts chapter 2, I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh. On all flesh. And your sons and your daughters will begin to prophesy. So he, he, we've got to get out of the spectator mode and out of this just sit and watch the flow happen through others mode and begin to stir up the spirit of God and the flow of the spirit of God in our own lives. Get these rivers unblocked and unclogged. How many want to do that? How many of you? I, I believe so. Amen? I believe so. And there's a lot more we could talk about the river. It's, it's, it's a broad subject. But, but, but God chose a river for a reason. He chose a river for a reason. And you need to begin to realize, just, just, just if you get nothing else out of tonight, you need to begin to stir yourself up. There's a river that wants to flow from me, a river of the Spirit of God that wants to flow in my life. And you see, river that river can bring refreshing. That river can bring healing. That river can bring the move of the Spirit of God into someone else's life. It can flow from us, from you as an individual. And there's all kinds of different things that that river, that, that river can bring. This is why there's diversities. Diverse diversities and different manifestations and different ways he flows. We become used to just one. But we need to recognize, you know, that a river can meander and can go different directions. Even in a meeting, you can have a time where the Spirit of God will move in one way and will meander another way. Just The river will just change direction or just begin to flow in another way. And yet we've got to become experts of learning how to recognize the flow and understand where the flow of the Spirit of God is going and go with that. Now, someone says, but I don't know how to. Well, that's all right. The guy next to you might have to, it might, might know where it's going. If he's jumping in, you jump in with him. <laughs> you know, that's why I said, you know, <laughs> there's a scripture in the Bible which says, even a fool will be considered wise if he holds his tongue. Anyone ever read that scripture? See, you, if you, if you, a, a fool, if a fool can hold his tongue, nobody will know he's a fool. They'll all think he's wise. Apply that same principle into the, into the things of the Spirit of God. See, nobody will know you don't know how to flow. If you're jumping into the flow, everybody else is moving it. No one will think, ah, you don't know how to flow. <laughs> Because I don't know how to flow. I don't know how to flow. Just look where they're flowing. Okay, I'm going to go that way. You're going to get in the river. It's the lovely thing about a river. You can just jump in and go with the flow. Let's not swim in the opposite direction. Let's not become an obstacle. Let's not become a stationary object in the flow. See, if we can get these rivers flowing, if we can get rivers flowing out of each one of us, Imagine what starts to happen in a meeting when we all come together and all our rivers join together in, in a corporate flow. Man, 
See, we've seen rivers in corporate meetings where the river's been big through the person in the pulpit and nobody else has had much river flowing through them. And we've seen some pretty good stuff. Imagine what would happen if we could all come with a flowing river. Yeah? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, we just worship you. Lord, we worship you in this place. Hallelujah, Father God. You are worthy to be praised. You are worthy. You are worthy. You are worthy. Hallelujah. Father God, we want the, we, we want the flow of the Spirit of God. We want, the, we, we want those rivers flowing and the Spirit of God flowing more in our lives, Father God. Lord, we, we, don't, want to, we don't want that flow blocked. And, and so just, just make this your individual prayer. Father God, I, show me if there's things that are blocking your flow in my life. Show me, Father God, if there's things that are hindering that flow of the Spirit through me or, or that are contaminating that flow. But Father God, but, but help me. By your grace, help me, Lord. Help me to get this river flowing. Help me, to, help me to learn how to flow with your spirit and to begin to respond to your spirit in my life so that we can get some of the movement going again. Because so many things, so, in so many places, it's just become stagnant and stationary. But you see, the wonderful thing about the Spirit of God is He can even take, he can take water just like the bitter waters of Marah, which has just become bitter and stagnant, and He can sweeten that water up again, and then He can get water flowing. God can get water flowing out of a rock. <laughs> so, do, you know, people say, oh, there's no hope anymore because it's just become so stationary. It's, it's like a big rock in that place. There's no movement to the Spirit of God. Don't, just, you know, God can, God can get water flowing out of that rock. It's possible God can change an environment where there's been no flow and he can bring the flow of the Spirit of, his God, of, 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 of the Spirit of God. It's possible. It's possible. So, so it, 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 just don't worry about all of that with other people. Just focus on yourself as an individual and start to get the Spirit of God flowing in your own life again. And, and, and begin to step more into that flow because he wants to manifest. He wants to flow. He wants to move. He wants to manifest. Bless you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Bless you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Father, we worship you. We worship you, Jesus. We worship you, Jesus. Hallelujah. You are worthy, Jesus. Hallelujah,
Sometimes it's good just to sit in the presence of God like that. See, we've become very used to having to have someone always say something, having to have someone always do something and entertain me. And Oh no, nothing's happening from the front. What's happening? <laughs> Sometimes we just need to start to just get back to some things. And, and, and maybe a bit of quiet and silence like that. You, you know, you can... You know, you can receive healing in the presence of God in a quiet environment when it's peaceful like that. 
when it's just quiet and peaceful because God manifests in peace. Sometimes when there's lots of activity and we're having to run around all the time, sometimes people just need to learn how to rest, be still and know God. And in that peaceful, quiet environment, the Spirit of God can minister healing to areas of their lives, inside and physical. Amen? Hallelujah. So it's lovely to sit there. I don't want to overdo it because we're using a someone else's building and we don't want to overdo it with time. And, but... but, but uh, is any does it, do anyone have something they just want to share to finish off or anyone you're okay you're all good all right hallelujah well bless you all and uh, I, I believe uh, what we're doing now just to clarify with regard to warrington we're doing the saturday morning bible courses are happening on the second saturday of every month but they are at kent street yeah these Friday nights, this one isn't quite in slot because this is the third Friday. I've got it muddled up when I was looking at the dates. But from next month, it's the fourth Friday of every month we're here. Yeah? So they're in a similar pattern. I will get the dates out to people. That's why if you want to be on the mailing list, you can, can do that. But it's in a pattern. So it's the second Saturday at Ken Street and the fourth Friday here. And we'll keep in that pattern. We're also going to be in Southport next weekend. We're starting regular ones in Southport and next next Saturday. And we've got other things going on. I do stuff in the Midlands as well. So if you know any people in the Midlands and, and you want to get them involved, just let me know because I've I've got two two different ones going in the Midlands. And we're going to be opening some more. But Amen. Thank you. Bless you. And praise God. God's good. We'll see.